Welcome to the Girls on Tour podcast with Mira Manga. Hello and welcome to the Girls on Tour podcast, the podcast that interviews inspirational and excellent women all about their adventures in transit. It's quite possible that you're about to listen to the best Girls on Tour podcast of all time. I took a solo trip to Thailand, which was a big deal for me. And during my time there, I met three exceptional women. I interviewed them all so you guys could get to meet them too. And I feel like I covered all possible travel scenarios and you get to meet these wonderful humans. I met Dr. Flick, who has emigrated to live in Oz. The vivacious Steffi, who came to Thailand to find healing and serenity after she was diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome. And also I got hold of Anouk, one of the yoga teachers and counsellors at the Samahita retreat, because I just wanted you all to hear her wise words and be inspired to travel too. I recorded this kind of documentary style, so just relax, imagine you're lying on a warm sandy beach, breathing deeply and enjoying your favourite podcast. Here we go. Enjoy. So this is me in Thailand in the Samahita Resort. The squeaking you may be able to hear is the sound of the fan in my room. I arrived here very early in the morning after about 14 hours of flying and it's beautiful and tropical. Uh, the resort's a lot smaller than I thought it would be. People have been saying hi and the staff have been amazing. Today I had my first um, massage treatment which was a really gorgeous massage. And I have booked seven of those across my holiday that came as part of my package. So how lucky am I? So yeah, it was a Sabai massage and I feel very invigorated and renewed. I'm not going to do any yoga today, even though this is a yoga retreat, but I have sunbathed and fallen asleep in the sun. I'm just going to go to a yoga spin class, which I've never done before. And then this evening, I'm going to go out onto the streets and check out one of the street fairs that they have this evening. So I don't know whether this will become a podcast or whether it will just be a diary for me. But yeah, it's my first entry. So that is the rain. It's been a really clear day and lovely. And now we've got huge, big tropical raindrops. So I'm just considering, you know, whether to get into my anorak and waterproof trousers as my colleagues mocked, or um, just head on out there with a big umbrella, which the hotel provide. I shall let you know how sodden I become. What you can hear is the sounds of the ocean. And if we're lucky, some birds chirping in the distance. And I am walking down the beach to a pagoda temple. And it's so peaceful. And the view is gorgeous. It's not sunny, um, it's cloudy, but you can see the sea stretching out and these tiny little mounds of forested islands just poking into the air and behind that the shadows of more islands and I can't really see anybody the whole beach is kind of deserted which is a good feeling there's a few boats bobbing up and down 
and I thought I would share this very calm, peaceful moment with you. I'm just figuring out how to cross this small little river without dropping my recording device. And yeah, so thank you for sharing my ocean sounds with me and I shall continue my walk. I'm here with my new friend Flick, <laughs> who I've literally ambushed. <laughs> Hello. And could you just say a little bit about who you are and what you do? And yeah, then I can start asking you some questions. Sure. Um, so I'm Flick. I'm from England and I grew up in Kent. Moved around uh, up until I was 29 and then decided to move to Australia. Um, trained as a doctor and always wanted to live abroad so when I was coming up to nearly being 30 I thought I'm gonna have to do it <laughs> otherwise it's not gonna happen so, um, so was that to do with like visas and things or just like a feeling about your age and um, <clears throat> no it wasn't to do with visas it was more um, I could put it off uh, you know indefinitely yeah. and um, there was always a reason not to go. I was originally planning to go when I was 20. Well, I wanted to live abroad since I was 17. Wow. Um, and then I decided to do medicine a little bit later um, than most people go to uni. So then I didn't graduate till I was 26. Yeah. Um, and then you have to do, you, you know, a certain amount of training in England postgraduate. So then it got pushed back to 27 and then it got pushed back to 28. And then um, I was supposed to go at 28, but then my stepdad died last year. So I moved down to live with my mum for a year. And then after that, I was like, right, (laughs) if I don't go, then I'm going (laughs) to, yeah, then it's going to be, it's going to start getting a bit too late. So that was why it started then. And it was actually my sister was just like, if you want to move to Australia, why don't you just apply for a job? tomorrow just do it wow. rather than not keep talking about it and I was like fine so your impetus she was like just do it yeah just she it was happen. just like just stop talking about it as a future plan because the the thing is you have to apply six months in advance to get all the visas and everything oh, sorted so it's always a future plan yeah um and yeah so it was always going to be something that I would do the following year or later that year and she was just like why don't you just apply now even if you don't get a job yeah or you get one sooner or whatever and I was like fine is she older or younger sister she's younger oh my goodness yeah but she's kind of got her shit together a bit more than me (laughs) she's she's a lot more organized do you think you would have done it if she hadn't said that um I yes I think uh I hope I hope so yeah I think I would have done maybe it would have just taken a little bit longer yeah but I know, I mean, I, the thing is, I, I had def- definitely planned to do it then. But it, I, it was a little bit too early to start applying when she said it. But then she was yeah. just like, why don't you just do it? So that was why I and started. Did and then I did it. And yeah. where did this wish come from, this longing to leave everything you know mm. and go somewhere completely different? I don't know, you know. I think my mum always, my mum lived in Australia for a year when she was a bit younger than I am. I've always travelled loads, yeah. some by myself and some not. So I have a massive wanderlust. And I suppose it is just this slightly different experience of rather than travelling about, 
yeah um to actually live somewhere and experience just a different culture a different yeah, way of living immerse yourself. yeah and then it's also quite a big thing for doctors to do um yeah. to go because it's our degrees transfer over there really easily and the work-life balance is a lot better in australia than it is in england um and the pay is better um so it's a relatively common thing for doctors yeah. to do so and how scary is it <laughs> to pick up your whole life and move it <laughs> It is, it is scary. It, it's something that, because I think I've always wanted to do it and I've heard so many people talk about doing it. Yeah. Um, I completely underestimated how hard it was going to be. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, especially going by myself, I think. Yeah. I had, yeah, I've never been homesick before when I travelled, but I was homesick when I first got to Australia. I'm not so much homesick anymore, though I still miss my friends and my family. Yeah. And there's little things which you, I, I miss, like I miss Marks and Spencer's ready meals. <laughs> They're so good, like the chicken things you can just shove in the oven. You don't have anything like that there. <laughs> but you do get, you, you, acu- you acust- get accustomed quicker than you would think. Like when I first got there, I just couldn't imagine living there and, and feeling settled. And I do yeah. feel more settled now i wouldn't i wouldn't say it was necessarily scary but i'd say it's challenging putting yourself in completely new situations and trying to forge a whole new support network without having any of your previous one there at all so did you have a job when you went yeah and did you find through that that you were able to make a new social group or Mm. does it not work like that it does normally work like that however this is a, a little thing that's made it slightly more difficult for me. For some reason, the mid- well, the majority of doctors that moved to Perth at the same time that I moved there were from Ireland. Okay. Um, like we're talking, I was there was an intake of about forty international medical graduates, and thirty-eight of them, thirty-seven, wow. eight of them were from Ireland, and they all know each other. Oh my goodness! Yeah. that's ridiculous. Well, they don't all know each other, but there's literally three medical schools in Ireland, so okay. they all. They have that in yeah, common. They all, yeah, and they well, they all know some people, and then they all kind of just in this big Irish clique. Yeah. So that made it a little bit more difficult to make friends because they all weren't particularly inclusive. So that was a bit tricky. Yeah. But I've got a new job arranged for when I go home, and that's in a much more sociable environment. Yeah. And new uh, possibilities. Yes. Yeah, I've got new things on the horizon. And I've been, you know, throwing myself into things like meetup groups. Oh my God, meetup.com. Yeah. Saves the single girl's life. Yeah. So, what kind of things have you been finding to do? Um, I went to a choir, which was a little strange. <laughs> it was just in someone's um, sitting room. And the people there were a little odd. You <laughs> so never have, know what you're going to yeah, get. Yeah, you don't. But then I went to one which was just like a girl's dinner. And I met some really nice French girls and I've been out with them a couple of times since oh, then. That's so, so that's nice. really nice. Yeah, they're lovely. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag with meetups sometimes. But I have joined another choir because I, I wanted to get into singing a bit more and that seems really friendly. They're quite serious about their singing and they yeah. compete in, it's a bit like Glee Club. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, so you're going to be competition singing, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You get to like regionals and stuff like that. <laughs> so I'll have to get your details and somehow catch up with your story. Yeah. 
before I let you go mm-hmm. to enjoy this beautiful day, mm-hmm. um, we just had a, a mini conversation before we came mm. to start recording. And you mentioned, I mentioned that I'm terrified to travel by myself. Yeah. And you said, actually, you enjoy it, you prefer mm, it. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about that? I think, um, I, I think that what's difficult about moving somewhere to live is that you have to, there's a, a certain amount of pressure to set up your life and find the people that you want to spend a long time with. Yeah. Um, and stay put for however many months years whatever yeah whereas when you travel by yourself you're just completely free to speak to whoever you want go wherever you want and if you don't like somewhere you don't have to check with anybody else you can just get up and go yeah and I find it I found that much more liberating than moving somewhere permanently it's it's a whole new challenge yeah um so yeah I think traveling by yourself it's very personal experience yeah, you, you meet a lot more people and... Mm. You think you get yeah. more out of it than if you're in a bubble with other people, yeah, maybe? Potentially. I mean, there's, there's pluses and minuses to both. Because obviously then when you can't, when you go home, you don't have anyone to share those memories with. Yeah. It's a... And sometimes you just want to have the fun with the people that yeah. you know really well, of course. And sometimes it can get tiring traveling alone, having to constantly make a new first impressions all the time. Yeah. And make small talk with people <laughs> and all of that. So, but yeah, I mean, I think if you are someone who enjoys your own company, then there's absolutely no reason for you to not travel mm. alone. Um, and if you're someone who struggles with your own company, it's a good challenge yeah I find to it. put yourself <laughs> in there and then you find that you can do it you know I did it when I was 19 and then I did it again when I was 29 and the difference that I saw between the two yeah of how much easier I found it just to be on my own when um when I was 29 was marked that's wonderful <laughs> but yeah um yeah, do you have any it. traveling tips or any travel essentials or is there something you want to take or do you just kind of just get yourself there and just think about it when you're there mm, I, and it's funny because this trip um, that I'm on at the moment I'm normally so well prepared when I go traveling like yeah. I bring all the toiletries all the medications <laughs> yeah um, you know a needle and thread and <laughs> like, wow everything literally anything that I might need and I haven't done that this time because I decided to only bring hand luggage. Oh my god! <laughs> you, how did you bring your yoga mat? <laughs> I didn't bring yoga mat. <gasps> no, I borrowed one from here. <laughs> um, wow! And I have been finding it trickier. I'm just trying to think if there's an essential earplugs. Oh my god! I couldn't travel without earplugs. Yes. I thought I'd forgotten them on this trip, and I was devastated that I found them so. I'm so pleased I have squeaky fan syndrome yeah, in my room to get so, a yeah. good night's sleep you've yeah. got to have especially if you're going to do things like sleep in dorms and or just there seems to be constant construction work in all of the developing countries of the world so that, yeah. that woke me up at like 5.30 the other morning so I didn't have my earplugs in so. great advice yeah. well, thank you so so much you're for doing welcome. this and hopefully I'll catch up with you again in the future yeah absolutely no worries so it turns out the infrared spa is awesome and you can watch youtube in there you can watch netflix so i spent my two half an hour sessions in there because it's been twice since i last spoke to my podcast um yeah watching willem and his uh youtube unfortunately i couldn't watch his suck less because i'm not 
on Google Play or any of those things. But I will be. This is mostly a recording for you guys to hear how noisy it is in my room. Let me take you on a tour of the sounds. So this is the air conditioning unit. It's pretty aggressive. And this is my friend, the fridge. And finally, the old faithful creaky fan. <laughs> now I've got to tell you, it's freaking hot out here. It's 30 degrees. At nighttime, it's still super hot, which I love. I am a little sunshine girl after all. But in order to sleep, either I turn everything off and slowly broil in my own juices or I just lie awake hoping that sleep overcomes these sounds. And before you suggest it, yes, I do have earphones and I earplugs even, and I am using them, but to little effect, with especially old squeaky fan the man. So every night I'm pulling the thing out, my fridge out. I'm disconnecting the fridge. I'm leaving the AC on till the very last moment and turning the fan off. And then I try and sleep the night through. So far that hasn't happened and I've had to wake up and get the room cool again. But yeah, I'm having to live through it. So I'm making you guys live through it on my podcast. So there, a little um, travel fact, bring earplugs. And yeah, they probably won't help, but it's better than no earplugs. So I just am um, having an exploring stroll in the evening. And it's uh, about seven, but it's completely dark now because the sun goes down at that time of day. And these are the night sounds. Less uh, aggressive than my hotel room sounds. The sounds that let me know I'm definitely not in Canary Wharf anymore. And there's a couple shops. And I will explore them tomorrow because they have a ton of junk food there. And I am on a health resort. So I've been eating just vegetarian, um, healthy food. So I might go and spend some money on some illegals, ice cream and things tomorrow. I've actually lost weight while I'm here because I'm active and eating well which is a really lovely side effect. And every evening I walk home and there are these wild dogs. I don't know if you can hear a bark in the distance, but I am terrified of being followed home or bitten by one. I'm not a doggy person and the dogs here are huge. I wonder what they eat. You can probably also hear my flip-flops. I have not taken my flip-flops off. Uh, since I got here, you just don't need real shoes, which is what I love about being on holiday. And I am at the gate to my little complex now, so I will say goodbye. Oh, this is a loud one. Okay, good night. So, I'm gonna begin. Okay, so I'm sitting on the beach now. You can probably hear the waves with my new friend Steffi. Hi. And we've just got to know each other over the past couple of days. She helped me bring me out of my shell, believe it or not, and helped me make some friends, so thank you. Of course. 
and I was just wondering what brought you here all the way to Thailand because you live between New York and Miami right? Yes so I've actually had a calling to Thailand for over a year now and I guess because of fear and other things going on in my mind um, I just was most recently able to get over my fears and take a trip alone to Asia. Uh, took me two days to get to Bangkok so I'm really proud of myself number one for doing a trip for me, going by myself and overcoming my fear. So I'm here now in Koh Samui. First I started off at Orient Healing Center and it really took care of the emotional aspect. I did a three-day juice cleanse prior to my detox. It wasn't as advanced as the current retreat that I'm at now which is Samahita. Uh, so I came here to Thailand primarily to heal, to heal my body, my mind, my soul. A lot has happened to me when my father passed away in 2010. I was subsequently diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, which completely changed my life. In Miami, they had mentioned to me, the gynecologist, that I would never be able to have kids because of this disease. Oh, man. And as a 19-year-old, I was very vulnerable and impressionable. Of course. Uh, just dealing with my freshman year of college, um, my father was ailing, he had a terminal illness, and then on top of it being told that I wasn't able to have kids really destructed me and my self-confidence. Having kids was always a big dream of mine. As a woman, it just you know, seemed that someone was taking away the biggest gift that, you know, the universe could give to me. So I called up my mom driving back from the appointment and she told me that, you know, to screw her opinion and that we should go to New York and have the opinion of one of the best endocrinologists in NYU Medical Center. So that kind of initiated a series of intensive doctor visits to try to understand this very complex disease. But I noticed that the only two solutions for polycystic ovarian syndrome, which affects one out of five women in America, is going on either birth control or going on metformin or taking a cocktail of metformin and spironolactone. Um, I've never really been one to take medication every single day, so it was really hurtful to me to know that every morning I would have to take a medication. I, I tried it because I was very desperate. Um, when you have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, you don't get your period regularly or you don't get it at all. You can also have a lot of different side effects, like male, male pattern balding, irregular periods, cystic acne, no periods at all, and a bunch of other it things, so depression, etc. Yeah. So my first signals were that I wasn't getting my period or I would get it every six to eight weeks. But being in Thailand, I now realize that I got this disease because my father was dying and my body was in shock. It was undergoing a complete emotional shift and I became sick from it. I mean, I really believe that, uh, you know, mind over matter. So I don't think you were, I was just born with this because I was diagnosed just as my dad was, was dying. Uh, so I came here to heal my body on my own because I was really fed up with Western medicine. And I knew that there was a cure besides taking a pill every day. So for nine years, I was going back and forth with taking metformin, spironolactone. Um, birth control didn't work for me. I didn't like the way it made my body feel. Uh, but for some years, I would go on, the, on metformin and spironolactone. Some years, I would go off of it. I would gain weight. I would have different side effects like acne. So I had a really strange relationship with metformin because when I was on it, my weight would come down and 
my acne would be alleviated, but it was more like a spot therapy, which really bothered me. Once I stopped taking it, all, all the signs of PCOS came back. Oh, okay. So um, this past summer in New York City, I went to Chinatown to see an acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist. And that's what ultimately changed my life because uh, I had a session with him of acupuncture. And then for seven days, I took this concoction of Chinese herbs, which are really ancient and which are amazing that you brew in water. And you drink every evening and luckily by day seven i got the gift of my period so i truly Whoa. believe in holistic medicine and uh, chinese herbs and that kind of motivated a shift in my body spiritually to know that i can heal myself without western more, medication yeah. so i started to feel more empowered and positive that and positive and to know that you know i'm a woman who's able to bear children and that i'm a suitable partner for a man because that was a really big problem I don't even think about that but that would kind of psychologically well, for me psychologically it was yeah. a big it was a big deal because I thought that what kind of man would ever want to be with me if I wasn't able to bear children just a t you know typical survival um, yeah. aspect so that really helped me so here at Samahita I really love this retreat because it just deals with the mind the body and the soul so first I did a detox program here and it totally cleanses you of all the toxins it balances you emotionally and it takes care of the spiritual i mean you're at a beautiful setting as you can see mm -hmm. you're doing massage you're taking care of your body you're you're putting in nutrients that really soothe your soul and, and heal your body um, including a colon cleanse which actually was amazing because it allowed me to release a lot of, of emotions that were stored in my hips as women we tend to store a lot of emotions in our hips so on day five of my detox, I got my period again. So this just really shows to me that slowly but surely, if you really love your body and you take care of it, you can heal yourself on your own without Western medicine. Of course, in extreme situations, you know, like when I was losing my hair, spironolactone and metformin really helped bring my hair back. Yeah. But um, I really do believe that you can heal yourself on your own. And just being here at this retreat really showed me that I can. I'm very connected with my body now. Um, very intuitive. I listen to it. I feel it. A lot of times when you're emotionally imbalanced and you're not in a state of well-being, it's hard to listen to what your body really needs. And I feel that now that I'm here, I can listen to her and take care of her. And Can, once can I ask yes. you, do you feel like when you made a decision i'm gonna stop and look after myself yes that was a, a moment oh uh, yeah a huge moment i mean i just was so fed up with the same answers every time where i would get irregular periods or not have it at all i would call up the endocrinologist which is supposed to be number one in america yeah. let alone in new york and he would tell me the same thing birth controller metformin i was fed up with it i was like you know what fuck this excuse me <laughs> I'm going to go take care of my own shit for once. Stop yeah. leaving my life. I need to be accountable for my life and my body. And I'm not going to leave it in someone else's hands. And that's when I just, you know, was researching online about, about alternative solutions to PCOS. And I came across acupuncture. And it's really crazy because I've had a fear of needles my entire life. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I wanted so badly to get better that I overcame that and allowed multiple needles up and down my body Shit. and it's still Ow. very stressful yeah um the before process. yeah the process you know driving to the acupuncturist but I know that it's good for me that it helps me so can it's I, a struggle can I ask you about another fear that sure. you mentioned of mm -hmm. traveling here to Asia by yourself yes so what gave you the strength to overcome that 
Well, again, it's, you know, I, I recently was reading a book by Osho. It's called Intuition. And my intuition has been telling me for <laughs> over a year, get your ass to Thailand. I have a calling to the Far East. Wow. And out of fear, you know, you as a human, you do what you're comfortable with. You do what you know. And for the past four years, I thought I was taking holiday by going to places of familiarity like Europe or party trips or just going around the world and just kind of having fun. But those trips weren't for me. This is the first trip I think in my life that I've taken for me and it's been highly rewarding. I mean, I love the benefits that. is just, I, you know, I, first I healed my body. I let, I let go of emotional blocks. I balanced myself, haven't felt grounded in, in years. I can't even remember the last time I felt this way. And just also being here in the stillness, you have to work through a lot of emotions that come up, as yes. you may know. Yes. You can't go anywhere. <laughs> you have to sit with yourself and deal with it. Whereas in New York or Miami, I'm so stimulated, I could just yeah, go off yeah. and do a, a myriad of different things. So here, it really teaches you that it's okay. You know, we're humans. Our emotions are like a roller coaster. Life is just a ride, the ups and downs. And I'm learning here to cope with the downs, even though I do get angry sometimes and I just things piss say, me off. I even though I, I, we're only human, but thank you so much for bringing that <laughs> to my podcast. I was, I mean, this, I was so scared to come out, and the people I've met around me who have stories like you have really inspired me. And oh, thank you. I That's think, nice to hear. I just want to empower women with this story. That's why I'm. Um, I'm speaking about it for the first time publicly, by I the know. way. I know, and thank you so much for doing that. Would it be okay if in the future maybe we catch up and we Skype and do another catch-up podcast Yeah, of or course. Maybe then I could... I, I know the first part of it was really technical, speaking about PCOS, but um, back to the PCOS. I'm doing this because I just want women to know that you're not alone and that there is alternative ways of healing yourself without using Western medicine. Okay. Um, through Chinese herbs, through acupuncture, yeah. um, through decreasing your stress levels and cortisone, whether, cortisol, whether that's doing yoga or practicing meditation or like looking, taking, after yourself. looking after yourself, eating clean, um, you know, not doing things to harm you, doing things that love, nourish your body like massage or sauna or whatever it is, is that your happy place. But take the time for you because if your stress levels are not down, there's no way your body will be in equilibrium. And I just wish someone would have told me this because I was diagnosed at 19, I'm 27 now. I was struggling with this disease for eight years because I didn't know that there was an alternative outside of Western medicine. Well, thank you so much. And thank you. We're gonna go and have more fun on the beach. Amazing. Thank you so much for listening. Mm. Bye. Um, I'm just sitting here with one of the amazing teachers at the Samahita um, retreat. And would you be able to just introduce yourself and, and say what, what it is that you do here? Yes, my name is Anouk. Uh, I'm a yoga teacher, I'm a psychologist, and I work here at, uh, at Samahita retreat uh, teaching yoga, teaching cycle classes, uh, guiding people. So people who are coming for a detox or de-stress program, I give them uh, psychological support. And um, 
Yeah, for the rest, I'm just enjoying being here. Okay, so your accent is not Thai. No. <laughs> and you're a beautiful blonde with blue eyes, so yes. I'm guessing you're not from around here. No, that's true. I'm originally from the Netherlands, but I've been living abroad for a couple of years now already. Because before this, uh, in Thailand, I was living, I'm living here since two and a half years. Okay. And before that, I was in Cambodia, and wow. before that, in India. Okay, so my podcast is all about traveling and being brave enough to do that. Hmm. Um, so when did you know that you wanted to, to travel and what was the inspiration and how did you get out there and just do it? Yeah, well, I've been always, I've always been traveling. So yeah. traveling is one of my passions. I really like to see the world and I think there's so much to see in the world and to experience and to, yeah, to observe. I like to observe people. I like to observe different cultures. So... When I was a little child already, I always wanted to go out and, and, and see the world. So that was also one of my dream jobs, like being based in, in my home country and from there traveling uh, all around the world. Well, it ended up a little bit different <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because now I'm based here. But uh, yeah, still I like to travel. So even when I'm here, I travel a lot uh, to India. Wow. Uh, back to the Netherlands as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what, the decision I made a couple of years ago to really leave everything behind, that was um, also one of my dreams in a way, yeah. just to see how, how I would react uh, to do that, just yeah. to detach from everything, let go of all my possessions wow. and just just go and see, see where it ends and if I'm able to build up a life somewhere else. That's so brave. <laughs> Were you scared or were you just excited? No, yeah, I was very, very excited. Yeah, okay. and actually it, uh, the idea um, uh, originated here. So when I, I've been coming here at Samahita for many years already, yeah. uh, I was doing a training uh, and during that training we did a lot of meditations. So in one of the meditations I had some kind of vision of myself, seeing myself working in an orphanage in India. Oh, wow. And then I thought I remembered one of my dreams when I was a when I was a girl, and I thought like that's one of the things I always wanted to do. And I had a very great life in the Netherlands. I mean, I had a very successful job, um, nice house, everything. Yeah. So there was nothing like that yeah, I had I think, to leave yeah. or something. But then I thought like I'm just going to do that. So um, yeah, within are. a month, <laughs> within a month, I gave everything away. Um, yeah, wow. and I was ready to go, and then I went to India. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I worked there in an orphanage. Wow. Yeah. And now you're here, so you've been here for two and a half years in Thailand. Yeah, yeah. And what kind of, because um, I've, obviously I've seen how you look after everybody, and you're always this force of lovely, warm, inspiring energy. What, what kind of women, what do women come here looking for, do you think? What kind of women do you meet hmm. in this retreat? Women are looking for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. who lost touch with, with who they really are, in mm -hmm. essence. So a lot of people who come here come from a very stressful situation, yeah. um, very busy jobs, and especially women. I think nowadays um, there are a lot of expectations of women. Like yeah. that you have to have a very successful job, you have to be a very nice girlfriend, uh, you have to have a social mm -hmm. life, you have to do this, that. So that, that causes a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I think because of that pressure, a lot of women are just being feeling lost, and yeah. they they feel the they don't feel the, the their essence anymore. Yeah. And through the practice of yoga, meditation, uh, all the practices that we're doing here, 
they find themselves again. Yeah. And it's so beautiful to see because often we see people coming in, yeah. and women coming in, and then there's still this masquerade of, of, of the Western life almost. Yeah. And then they, when they go out, it's like they're glowing, they're shining, and back to themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you're part of that process. Yeah, and I feel very grateful for that. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Um, I really appreciate you spending time because I would encourage anybody to try. Mm. It, for me, I was just very scared to travel by myself. Yeah. But because if you come to a place like this where everyone is just looking to have a peaceful time yeah. and like self-love, it's just you're not going to have a bad time. No. It's been so lovely. So I will let you go onto your busy schedule. But do you have one tip or pearl of wisdom for anyone who is thinking about it but maybe scared to take the leap? Hmm. Yeah, well, what my <laughs> motto always is, yeah. is just do it. Okay. Just do it. <laughs> I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? You can yeah. ask yourself that, like, okay, what's, what's really the worst thing? Because mm -hmm. all the things that we're afraid of is, is often in our mind. And if you really look at reality... Um, what is the worst thing that can happen? So just do it. Take a step, whatever yeah. that step may be, and it will always lead you to the following step. And then things will flow and things will, yeah, will bring in, brought into movement. And that's, I think, that's the process of, of life. Yeah. So if you're standing still and just doubting and thinking like, oh, should I do it? Should I not do it? Or this or that? Nothing will happen. Yeah. So just take a step. Just do it. Thank you so, so much. Yes. It's been really great to talk to you. Thank okay. you. You're listening to Mira Manga and the Girls on Tour podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of the Girls on Tour podcast. As usual, if you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email. We're girlsontourpodcast at gmail.com. All of the women that I interviewed, I will put details of where you can follow them and see their Instagram so you can check out how all their adventures are panning out. And next week, we have a boy on tour, the very brave ex-boyfriend, Tom, who also travelled with the Dulocs and has been mentioned in the Pamela Debar podcast, demanded his right to tell his side of the story. So you'll get to hear all from a boy on tour about what it's like to travel with a girl band next week. Until next time, I hope you're all behaving yourself. I hope that you're all making travel plans and I hope that you keep listening to the podcast. May you always be joyous within and happy trails till next time. Goodbye. Girls on tour. Girls on tour.